I'm sorry if I seemed just a little bit upset, distracted this morning. It was a really tough week. On Tuesday, in particular, just something happened, and I'll just share with you what happened just to give you some insight. So my nephew Thomas turned eight on Tuesday, and my parents got him a book bag. And here's the thing. He's only eight. Like, he hasn't been alive as long as I've been pastor of Sacred Heart. And here are my parents giving him, like, the same sort of thing they would give me on my birthday. And then, to add insult to injury, my little niece Anastasia, who was born the end of November, not even a year old yet, like, they fly up there to go see her, like, spending time with her, just like they would with me. And, I mean, for goodness sake, not even alive for a year yet. And they're just, like, giving her the same stuff that they would give to me. And I've been, like, putting up with them for 41 years. And, I mean, can you understand how upsetting this is? Now, okay, I'm glad you laughed because I'm not actually a monster, right? Um, but I think it's kind of good to dive into this particular parable like this because, I mean, as we hear this, I mean, it's just like a natural thing, I think, in our fallenness, right? By baptism, we're freed from original sin, but not concupiscence. We still feel the effects of the fall. And this is one of those parables that annoys people, um, especially that, are you envious because I'm generous? I mean, to look at this, you know, it's, it's incredible the way that our Lord uncovers so much, right? It really is a beautiful parable and here to free us from so much. When you look at this parable, the one who is doing the most work, right, it's not the people that went out to work at dawn. Somebody was already at work before them, right? Notice the way that Jesus even starts the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. Like, full stop there for a second. Like a landowner. Like him himself. And the landowner himself is the one who's the most active in this whole parable. Notice that, you know, before those get hired at dawn, he's already got to prep the vineyard. He's already got to get things going. He goes out personally to get them. Then goes out at nine, goes out at noon, goes out at three, goes out at five. He's still involved all the way to the very end. It's like he just can't stop. He wants everybody involved in this to the point that he's exasperated that some people would just be idle. Why do you stand here idle all day? Why aren't you involved in my love, right? Why aren't you involved in what I want you to be in? He wants everybody in this, right? And he's the one who is so active and is going at this all of the time. And yet, they obviously don't see it that way, right? It's like they just go into this automatic competition. Now, here's the real problem with those folks who started first. It's not jealousy, it's envy. Now, we normally kind of equate those two all the time, right? It's like, I don't know, the deacon gets a new car, I'm like, man, I'm really envious of your car. Not entirely true. Now, we can be jealous, and you can take jealousy too far, right? Like, I could say, like, man, looking down here at my buddy JR, he's got a lot more hair than I do on the top of my head. Like, I wish I had a head of hair like that, you know? But I'm rapidly losing it. And now, I can say, wish I had more hair on top. 
um, yeah, that's fine. I can't like be meditating all the time and I can't be like, well, I'm going to slash that guy's tires because he's got more hair than, no. Like basically it's like, man, I'm glad my routine in the morning is taking less and less time because there's less to do up there. So it's like jealousy. We can look at the goods that others have and recognize that they're good. By the way, after mass, I'm sure you saw the giant pumpkin patch outside. That is to get you signed up for the dolphin dash, right? We have a 5k coming up. I'm not going to win. Okay. I know that's the case. I need to get signed up because I'm not going to run. I can't win at all. But like Luke is going to beat me. I recognize that. Now I can be all upset with Luke and like put tax in his shoes or I can try to get better at running. Jealousy is like noticing the gift. If you leave it there, okay. You know, like we can, we can notice the goods, but envy, envy is diabolical. Envy is something from the pits of hell. And we're going to go to the catechism just like we did last week. I want to give you just the brief definition from the catechism. It's paragraph uh, 2539. And it's from the section meditating on the 10th commandment. It says this, envy is a capital or deadly sin. It refers to the sadness at the sight of another's goods and the immoderate desire to acquire them for oneself even unjustly. When it wishes grave harm to a neighbor, it is a mortal sin. St. Augustine saw envy as the diabolical sin. From envy are born hatred, detraction, calumny, joy caused by the misfortune of a neighbor, and displeasure caused by his prosperity. So that good old German word Scheudenfrade, right? Joy at the misfortune of another. Basically, it's like it's not that I want to have a nicer car, more hair, and run faster. It's listen to what they say. These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us. How dare you? Make them equal to us. That ultimately looking at life as though it is some sort of a competition, a zero-sum game. I can't get ahead unless you get behind. And that is not what our Lord came to give, right? You think about what is it that God can give us? It's himself. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father from all ages loving the Son. The Son loving Him back. The love of, that, of them pouring out the Holy Spirit. What does the Father do? He sends the Son. And what is God giving us? What's the daily share? Himself. And so ultimately, it's, you know, it's not a question of who's better in this. It's, he wants us to be in His love and to be in it together. It's not that we are all in competition with one another. It's that he wants us all in his vineyard, in his love, in his body that is the church. And notice the way that he tries to win over the first workers, right? It's kind of unexpected because it says, and on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last ones worked only one hour. You have made them equal to us. He said to one of them in reply, my friend, I am not cheating you to one of them. Notice that he doesn't say like, guys, calm down. No, to one of them. My friend, I am not cheating you. He wants us to be in the big family together. He wants us in the vineyard. He wants us living to the fullness of what he wants us in, in that love and that charity. And he wants a relationship with us. It's the great mystery of the one and the many, the love in the church, right? Here we are for the celebration of the holy sacrifice of the mass, one big parish family together. And yet, 
he knows how to make it a personal affair as well. You're going to come up here in just a few moments, and I have the, the awesome privilege of saying, the body of Christ. And you get to individually say, amen, and receive him onto your tongue, receive him into your heart. There is a personal coming together, and at the same time, being within the whole family together. Think about the way that sins are forgiven. We get to go individually to the confessional, to confess our sins, and to hear the words individually of, I absolve you from your sins. He wants us in the family. He also wants the individual relationship with us. And the question is, can we accept that? Or do we have to attack one another? Do we got to be better than somebody else? Because notice, it's not that, you know, they're upset that they only got the one denarius. It's that this guy is all of a sudden equal to me. If, he, if the landowner had wanted it to just stay calm, he could have called the first guys first. They would have been on their merry way. They wouldn't have known about the last guys getting the same. It all would have been fine. But notice, our Lord turns things upside down. His ways are greater than ours, as we heard from the prophet Isaiah. He wants eternal love for us, not just this, you know, dog-eat-dog competition. He wants all of us involved in his love. And the other thing that's interesting here, and the way that he says this in the Greek, that are you envious because I am generous? The literal translation is, is your eye evil? because I'm generous. You know, it's like, because I'm doing something good, are you now looking at everything in an evil way, right? It's like the devil who tries to tear things apart, to rip them apart. That is not what our Lord wants for us. And the thing is, in our fallen state, right? I mean, we are human beings. We can fall into this sort of weird, you know, zero-sum game competition so easily. He wants to free us from that. He wants us in his love. And so he gives us a parable like this, which is, quite frankly, very helpful. Because if we live our way with our lives with an evil eye, if we're looking at everything like a competition, how can we ever be peaceful? But he wants so much more for us. He wants to draw us in to his love. And quite frankly, the silly little story I started with about my nephew Thomas and niece Anastasia, as crazy as that is, and it causes us to laugh, the thing is, that's less crazy than us living in an envious way like these first people. Why? Because, you know, my family, they're, they're limited, and all of us are limited in time and space. So mom and dad, you know, they try to show all the love, you know. It may look different with, with each of the siblings, but you love them all. I love hearing from my sister who has seven kids. Sometimes she'll say, oh, you're my favorite today. You know, like, it depends. Like, sometimes the relationship's going better this day and that. Like, I know as pastor, like, I'd love to go to everybody's house for dinner. The spirit is willing, but the schedule is packed, right? It's not an easy thing. I'm limited in what I can give, just like my parents are limited in what they can give. I'm not actually upset, by the way. I've had so many people offer me book bags after masses. I'm okay. Like, I'm doing fine. That was all a joke. My parents are doing great. But this is the thing. Like, we're not always perfect at showing that love to everybody. But our Lord is. And he gives us himself really, truly, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist and wants us living that love to the fullest. Not worrying about everybody else and are they getting ahead of me, but no. Loving you and then having the chance to enter into the vineyard, to show that love, to show it to him with all of our heart and our neighbors ourselves. Don't be envious. Don't have an evil eye because he is generous. Rather, accept his love that he gives us so freely, and then love your brother and sister as yourself. Praise be Jesus Christ.